Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. As always, we have Tim Reagan, the founder and wealth partner at Prairie View. Thank you. And I'm Katie Umland. Today, we are lucky enough to have Jason Markowitz with us. Um, Jason kind of has a lot of titles, I guess. Um, owner of Fitness Premier, but you do several other, you have some real estate ventures, um, several several different things that you'll find out today. Um, today, he's here to talk about franchising with us um, and what that all looks like and if it is a worthy investment and everything that I guess goes along with franchising and being a franchisee. All right, so let's just dive right into franchises. I guess I said you have a lot of titles, but what do you all do? It's <laughs> a great question. Sometimes I'm not sure, Katie. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we have a portfolio of companies. So we have, uh, the, when people ask you, say, what do you, what do, you do? I, I describe it in a couple words. You know, usually it's fitness, franchising, and real estate. So those are kind of our core companies that we focus on. Um, we're here to talk today about franchising. So on the franchising side, we've been involved as franchisees of, of different brands, one that the listeners might know would be Massage Envy. So we had we were a multi-unit franchisee for them for many years. So we were able to see how big guys kind of operated their business and what it was like to work with a billion-dollar brand and be a franchisee in that system. And then area developers were a couple other brands. So we're kind of in that middleman between the franchisees and the and the franchisors. And then in our fitness concept, we're the franchisors. So we're able to kind of help lay the frown, the framework and the in the uh, and the systems that help provide a business model that works for our uh, for our franchisees. So. So for, for somebody who maybe is listening to like, I hear this name, this term franchise and franchisee, franchisor. Franchisor is a new one for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like walk us through, what does that all mean? Like, so when I hear somebody say I'm part of a franchise, uh, what does that, what does that kind of mean? Yeah. So when you, you know, when you think about a, <clears throat> a franchisee, think of small business owner, right? So they have, they're a small business owner that has access to a, a system and it should be a proven system that's been proven to work, right? That's why you typically invest in a franchise because it's it usually helps you get from point A to point B a little bit faster because they've proven out the business model. It's worked in different markets, and they kind of take a lot of that risk off the table of just starting a business off on your own. So when you think of the word franchisee, think a small business owner, somebody who's bought access to a territory and a system and is out there you know, operating and executing it. And uh, you know, there's different ways to think about being a franchisee. There's you know, probably two distinct ways, you know, operating it as an owner operator and being hands-on in the business. A lot of people get into franchising because they want to scale too and they want to do multiple locations and they want to be more of an investor over time and, and semi-absentee and not necessarily have to be there every day. And for those type of people, you'd want to put a general manager in place and be able to scale the business, in, you know, as quickly and efficiently as you can. So, and so when I think about that, uh, so our our show's all about living the two comma life. Uh, and so when we think about the two comma life. It means money, right? Two comma, there's two commas in a million bucks. And so I think, all right, so what what does that lifestyle look like? Uh, not just from a money perspective, but do I have freedom? Do I have flexibility? Do I have, uh, can I live in abundance? Can I be generous? You know, those types of things. And when I think about the franchise option, uh, it seems to me like not only do I want to understand that more, but but also maybe for for some folks that might be a path to some income and, and some wealth building and some of those types of things. Give me a sense for like who your standard franchisee, what does that look like? Do I have to have, you know, a hundred years of business experience before I can think about becoming a franchisee or what does that even look like? Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, the nice about a thing about a franchise, if, if you're, you know, if you have passion around the business you're invested in for us, obviously we're in the fitness business. So we we look for franchisees that are passionate about helping people about, fitness, health and wellness, and those sort of things. 
And I think, you know, if you can find something you're super excited about, the nice part is you can, you can build infrastructure and a system around creating, creating wealth, right? Creating passive income, uh, freeing up your time so you can go coach your kids, soccer team or football team and those all sort of things. So to me, you know, franchising and freedom are kind of synonymous with each other because really that's at the end of the day, you're, you should be investing in a system that's helping you free up a lot of those resources and obviously make more money and earn a living, but also be able to free up your time to do the things you enjoy doing. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not like I come to you so I can buy myself a job necessarily, right? It, for some, I heard you say that some people do that where they're the owner operator, but that could be a, a method by which I can uh, be plugged in, not be completely passive, but also not have to be uh, there every single day doing the hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. In our, in our first franchise experience, we, we opened our first store. We we're more hands-on in that store. It went well. We were able to build infrastructure, hire a general manager. And then we went on the store two and store three and four. So we were able to scale pretty quickly in, in our experience, which is, um, you know, I think what a lot of people want to do, right. They want to create that legacy wealth. They want to create some freedom for, to do the things they enjoy doing. Yeah, for sure. So franchise, it, I'm sure it can be structured a hundred million different ways, but typically it would be like you buy into the franchise and then corporate would have kind of some piece of your sales. Like how, just generally speaking, how does that typically? Yeah. You know, typically, you know, as we, and we're actively looking for different opportunities all the time, right? So as we kind of go through the exploration process, you know, we're trying to find things that are a fit with what we operate on a daily basis and create some synergy. So usually there's a, you know, six to 12 week process to kind of go through and explore and almost date the franchise system to make sure it's a fit, right? To make sure it's a fit for you as an operator or a franchisee that you understand the business. Uh, you know, you guys agree on the territory of where you're going to put it. Um, and you understand the leadership that's running that franchise system. Cause that's important because you're really getting into business with the system typically for a 10 year franchise agreement. So you're kind of getting married for 10 years there. Uh, and then once you do that, you usually get access to a specific territory. And then there's a, you know, hundred page fancy document they call the FDD franchise disclosure document that kind of summarizes the, uh, the rules of the road, you know, who's doing what. In this essence. is kind of <clears throat> sounding like a modern day marriage, 10 years and a prenup. Yeah. <laughs> in essence, you nailed it, Katie. <laughs> that would sum it up. So, you know, you want to do your homework. You want to make sure you're getting the right system and, and obviously territory. And, you know, if you have, you know, experience, um, you know, operating that type of business, or even if you don't, you know, to Tim's point earlier, if you don't have experience operating a business, the benefit of a franchise, it really should have kind of a, we'd like to, it's a business in a box almost, right? They're giving you all the, the playbook with the sales, the training processes. They're going to help you with all the support stuff you can need. So you'll have a resource to go to if you have things that you can't answer necessarily on the ground. So that that's the true benefit of having kind of a partner in there with you. And then, yeah, they do take a percentage of royalties. So once you're in the system, you would pay a franchise fee. <clears throat> Excuse me. That'll give you access to the territory, to the system, to use their business model. And then they're typically taking a percentage of your gross sales. You know, usually it's a range between five and 10% of gross sales goes back to the parent company to be able to offer that support in return. Sure. And so for somebody who maybe isn't familiar with some of those terms, like when you say gross sales, what does that mean? Like what's the gross part? I mean, sales, I know if I make a sale, but, but what does gross mean? Gross, think about every dollar that comes through the cash register, that counts towards gross sales. So if, if I'm selling sandwiches at a Jimmy John's and I uh, sell a million dollars in sandwiches, chips, pickles, and mm -hmm. sodas throughout that store through the year, a million dollars would meet every dollar that came through that cash store Okay, in that store. And so if I, as I pay that 
fee or that percentage, what do I get for that? I mean, I, obviously I get the business in a box you said, but you know, what, what kind of, what does that represent? Or what? Yeah, they should really, you know, spell out everything you're doing from, you know, marketing, how you're marketing a store. A lot of franchise systems will have national and regional co-op efforts that you're taking your advertising dollars and you're using them more effectively so you can get more bang for your buck typically in a franchise system. Um, hiring, training your staff, follow-up, accountability, um, how to make the sandwiches in the Jimmy Jazz example, yeah. you know, the secret sauce of that business. Uh, you know, a good franchise system should have a very distinct competitive advantage. I think for Jimmy John's, it's, you know, freaky fast, right? Yep. You get there quick. Um, so you should look for those things too as you're invested and, and those unique differentiators should, you know, should really be there. Buttering me up is, is it, we'll get you on the show no matter what. I mean, I, 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 people that, that know me know that I'm the sandwich king. Like if it's a steak sandwich, I've never made a sandwich I don't like. So I heard that about you. I had a weave of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh gosh, he's already heard that about you. <laughs> And so give us a sense then, uh, so I, if, if I'm new to this and I want to try to get involved, uh, so you said, look for something you're passionate about, look for something that you've got some, maybe some experience in, um, but then what's my first step? How do I, you know, if I said I wanted to open up, so let's back up, let's take it off maybe Jimmy John's for a second and, uh, let's promote your franchise. So your what, what's the name of your franchise? And if I'm a prospective person that wants to look at it, let's use you as the example. What, what's that kind of look like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're in the fitness business. So our name of our concepts, fitness mirror, 24, seven clubs. So we operate a chain here in the Midwest. We've been in business 22 years. So we're looking for people who are passionate and excited about helping other people and building teams at the end of the day. If, if you have those qualities, we have a pretty good framework around how to execute the X's and O's again, the business model in a box. So those are kind of the team members we're looking for. If there's somebody out there that's just looking to generally get into franchising, you know, there's different um, franchise coaches out there. We do have a franchise consulting business as part of our um, business portfolio. It's called Franchise Fit for You. So we, we hear it a lot of people to say, I want to, you know, I want to leave my corporate job and I want to go do something for myself. And I want to, you know, be my own boss. And, you know, we hear it somewhat often and I don't know where to start, you know. So we have a process that we take you through to really identify some of those core needs that we've been talking about, right? Like, what are you looking for in a business? Do you want to operate it? Do you want to be an investor? Do you want to be semi-absentee? Where do you want to place it? What territory? What type of industry are you looking for? Do you want to do sandwiches or do you want to do fitness? Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really heavy sandwiches? Yeah, yeah. That'll get you to the fitness store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we kind of have a, we have a process that takes you through to identify at the end of the day, what that person's looking for and what mm -hmm. the best fit is for them. And then we can take them through with the relationships that we have with about 500 different franchisors and make some recommendations on what might be the best match. And then kind of walk them through that exploration process, that dating process where they get to know the franchisor and make sure it's a good fit for them. So that would be a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so then if I do that, what does it look like? Do I have to come with a big check? Do I have to uh, build, you know, find my own real estate and build it out? Like just kind of give me a sense for uh, how do I get into it yeah. that, from that perspective? Yeah. Once you go through that exploration process, there's, um, you know, there's typically most systems have an initial franchise fee, they call it. Again, that's for access to that business model in a box. It's for that secure territory that you're going to get in your FTD that protects your territory to say you can operate this business in this designated area. Uh, and usually that fee ranges between thirty and $50,000, let's call it. A lot of these 
fees, the initial franchise fee and whatever startup expenses you may have. You know, if you're invested in a brick and mortar physical locations like one of our clubs or Jimmy John's, you're going to have build out expenses and some of those things. So there are a couple of different financing programs out there. SBA has great programs for small businesses like this looking to get started. That'll wrap in all the expenses, including the franchise fee and working capital, um, you know, for anywhere from 10 to 20 percent down payment on the, the total investment. Um, and then there's also some different rollover programs that they can do if IRAs, 401ks, there's different ways you can diversify some of those things into the financing to start a small business. But those are some of the ways to, uh, to get going on it. And any good system will have a process to walk you through the, the startup phase. So usually once you sign that franchise agreement, you'd go through the site selection process and they would help you identify the right real estate of where to put that location, what's worked, show you the construction manual, kind of walk you through the process from getting open to, you know, 10 years down the line, operating the business. Well, so, so it, it really can be kind of turnkey, but it's not a like easy, just hit the easy button. Like Staples used to say, right there, you do have to come in with some resources. You'd have to be willing, like you said, to date a couple of places and know who you want to get into business with yeah. uh, and that kind of stuff. But it, but it is meant to make that business ownership easy or easier at least rather than I have to come up with the idea. I have to try to figure out what works, what doesn't work. The idea is the franchise has already gone through that. You bet. That process. You bet. So let's be real for a second. Do you really think that they're not necessarily fitness premier, but in general as a franchise that you can really be a franchisor and be completely hands off? Do you think that that's and be, and be successful? No, I feel like no, no, either. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> kind of be in it. So. I feel like you have to. Like, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'll invest this money and then I can sit at home and I'll hire a general manager and be done. But I feel like that's not realistic. Yeah, you gotta be hands on. Whether you're at the franchisee level or at the franchisor level, um, where we sit in our fitness concept, you gotta be in the business, understanding what's going on. So even in our position as a franchisor, we still own many clubs ourselves. Okay, like we're still operators, so we want to understand the X's and O's, the challenges in the business what trends are coming, what customers are saying. I think that really helps give us a good advantage of kind of seeing what's coming around the corner so we can anticipate and make, you know, make adjustments and, and grow and evolve. So I think that's important. And then from the franchisee side of operating the business, yeah, you got to have your finger on pulse. Even, even when I wasn't in our stores necessarily every day, you got to have a cadence that checks and balances of mm-hmm. whether it's a weekly checklist or monthly meetings of some type of cadence with your leadership team on the ground so you can keep your, uh, you know, your eye on the prize and your finger on the pulse a little bit. And so when I, when I hear you talk about franchisee, franchisor, so the franchisee is the one that comes in and says, I want to buy the franchise. Franchisor is the one that says we've got a business concept that we've vetted and tested and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, if I'm hearing the, the that's right nomenclature, right? You got it. And then, so that franchisor, if I'm thinking about it from a franchisee's perspective, uh, I'm making a pretty big investment to be a part of that concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it sounds like you guys are also putting in a lot of work in mm-hmm. order to earn that that fee to, to make that person a little more successful. Give us a sense around, you know, how you, you talked about helping you with sales, helping you with operations, that stuff. Give me a sense. If I'm a franchisee looking to buy into something like that, what can I expect to get? Is it like, uh, you know, here's four pages of, of what to do, or is it really a turnkey this is what I should expect uh, in that relationship. Yeah, it's you know every every system has what they call an operations manual that's typically required to be in your in your FDD. So in, in the expiration process, that's all disclosed and kind of talked about. Of like, hey, here's how we think about the business. Here's our operations manual. 
here's the way we train on it. Here's the way you're going to learn it. Um, and it kind of walks you through from A to C. And then, you know, the rubber meets the road when, you know, that franchisee comes in the system, writes a track, gets financing, gets open, and then they're in it, right? Yep. So that ongoing support of what that cadence looks like, I think, separates good franchise systems from the ones who might not be as focused on those things, mm-hmm. right? There's there's plenty. There's, there's a good and bad part of everything. And, um, you know, you want to make sure you're in a franchise system that, you know, once you're open, you understand, like, what's the cadence for support, right? Like, so in our example, we, we try to do a fairly good job of just having active touch points, right? Like, we're hosting weekly trainings, monthly masterminds with managers, with franchisees. We're focused on keeping relationships strong. So as things come up, we can constantly work through them. Uh, you know, we do annual summits that we're going to have actually this Friday here at our HQ. So we try to have recipes and cadences in place that keep the ongoing training and just the relationship strong so that you can continue to help them evolve their business. Well, and really with that structure, if you're talking about, you know, percentage of gross sales and, and that kind of stuff, you want that franchisee to succeed and mm-hmm. grow their business just as much as they do, I'm sure, because that's a, a direct yeah. revenue for you. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Well. There's yeah, there's good alignment there, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want to make sure that they're they're successful, they're making a profit, they're making money and and it's working. And at the end of the day, I think we're aligned in in uh, in that effort for sure. And so when you look back over your journey, uh, tell us a little bit about that. So did you start out coming uh, out of school saying, man, I'm going to go and I want to open uh, a franchise business and sell it to everybody. And man, that's where I'm, or, or is there a franchise like school you go to like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of like UTI or something? Oh, <laughs> well, now I know there is, but back then I didn't, uh, I went through the school of hard knocks. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, I uh, yeah, my story's kind of unique. I mean, I, I graduated, I played college football. I had a teammate that had a cousin that was opening up a fitness center, long story short, in, in kind of our backyard. Got a job, was making minimum wage at 22 year, years old. And uh, my wife and I had been getting together for five, six years at that point. So we were about to get married and I was bartending, making minimum wage. She's like, what? what are we doing and your mom and dad are like oh there's our college education (laughs) working out all day um so i just had a passion for it and it was a unique opportunity right because that concept was the first really to hit the market uh in in chicago dma back in the late 90s early 2000s it was highly successful so i was able to help that concept open a couple more stores get some really just hands-on just experience in the trenches front desk just learning the business opened a couple and then the fourth or fifth one that we opened, we got our chance to get some sweat equity. Okay. So we were still, I was 23 years old, had zero dollars, probably had negative dollars at this point, <laughs> right? Student loans, so that, that whole thing. And got an opportunity to have 40% of a business, of a fitness center. And I was I was a health club owner. And yeah. my business partner was 2,000 miles away. So we were it. Like, we were we were in it. So I'm very blessed and fortunate to have gone through that experience because I think we learned a ton. You know, we we learned fast, we developed, and uh, we won some, we lost some throughout that whole journey. If you look back 22 years now, but we wouldn't have changed a thing. It's, it helped kind of shape the way that we think about it today, and so that's kind of how I dove into it. You okay. know, and yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, two that's decades really cool. later. Yeah. Well, I I think we're onto a new franchise concept. The uh, instead, you know, all these fitness places have these like smoothie bars and i think the sandwich on the way out the door is- sandwich on the think, way out the door i think there's one that does pizza so <laughs> ours can be sandwiches pizza tootsie rolls whatever yeah. the, whatever the, whatever the yeah. customer wants yeah. no the customers bring the tootsie rolls <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah and the muffin tops yeah. is what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. there yeah. might be something there. i'm in, I'm in <laughs> well this was this was really informative for me i know uh and and as we kind of wrap up a little bit Tell us a little bit about you personally. Are you got, uh, so you said you have a wife, uh, 
I do. Yeah. I've been married 20 years. We've been together about 26 years. So, um, yeah, she's for sure my better half. So she keeps an eye <laughs> on the business kind of behind the scenes with all the stuff that I'm no good at. Mm-hmm. And I got two, two beautiful kids at home. We got a 15 year old son and a 14 year old daughter. So oh. they, they keep us uh, out of trouble when we're not working, right? They're busy with sports and active. So, um, yeah, everybody's healthy. Everybody's doing great. So yeah, good very deal. blessed. And you good live deal. in the South suburbs. I do. Yeah. Yeah. We live right over there in New Lenox. So okay. not too far from where we're sitting today here. So, uh, yeah, it's nice because back, you know, when we were in you know, high locations out of state and a bunch of different places, I was on the road quite a bit. So mm. 12 hour commutes to get to a store. So it's nice being 15 minutes down the road. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, and that's all part of what, what we would say is kind of living the two kind of life, right? Finding the things you love to do, taking the time to do them, uh, having the enough financial wherewithal that you can uh, not not have to worry about, you know, can I uh, do some of those things. And so it's, it's you good. You can live in the town you want to live in. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> like have that's... that, have that eight minute commute or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And... Well, why are we here guys? It's negative 10 degrees. I just, saw, really I just saw something online yeah. that was like a giant tarantula in their house. And it said like, I have to remember that this is why I live somewhere that hurts my face when it's cold. Like yeah. we don't yeah. have tarantulas. I'm able, unfortunately I sit on a board for, uh, for another company and one of our board members just recently sold his business and moved to Grand Cayman. And we had a meeting yesterday uh, when it was, I think the high was like negative four or something, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and I told Sarah when I got home, that's her favorite place in the world, by the way. Like if she could have a spot, it would be Grand Cayman. Uh, we were there once, so I don't know if yeah. it would be there if we go there more, more than that. But but she's like, and what are we doing wrong that he's there and we're and, yeah. sitting at negative four? So I hear you, man. Yeah. Like, yep. Why, why are we're we coming. doing that? We're, we'll, so. be, we'll be there soon. Yeah, yeah. We'll be there soon enough. For sure. Uh, so Katie, do we have anything in the mailbag today? Yeah, I know with this um, starting of the new year, we had a couple questions um, kind of wrapping up that Roth conversion again, like where is it's past the end of the year? Is that still possible? So yeah, yeah. Uh, so when and so for the mailbag, uh, how do people even what is the mailbag? So yeah, I guess I jumped the gun again. So um, we have our eyes and ears are always open for your questions. So you can email us your questions, um, comment on Facebook, comment on the U- our YouTube channel. Um, any questions that you have that you want us to answer in future episodes, um, we kind of keep a running list and then we get to them uh, one by one. So this week, um, we thought with yeah. the new year that that might be kind of a... Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and so in our financial planning, and something we would suggest for everybody is as you get towards the end of a tax year, uh, that you should really sit down and look and say, are there things I should be doing today uh, before I get to the end of the tax year and I can't do them anymore? And that's where like a Roth conversion would come in uh, and really kind of being strategic in how do I do that? Unfortunately, since we're past the first of the year, we can't do any Roth conversions anymore. Uh, well, you can, but it'd be in 24 instead of 23. Uh, but what you can do is you can still make Roth contributions. So the difference between conversion and contribution uh, a conversion is where you say, I've got money already saved in my IRA uh, that I never paid tax on, and I want to convert that to a Roth. Uh, that happens in the year, the tax year that it, that it actually occurs in. A contribution is where you say, I work this year, I've got some income, and I want to contribute that into a Roth IRA. That you can do all the way up until April 15th or whenever you file your tax return. So, uh, so, so there's still some things. A couple more months to contribute. Yeah, for sure. And so there's still some things. And, and same is true with the deductible IRA. Uh, we don't have a ton of people that qualify for deductible IRA. So it's usually Roth con- uh, contributions. But you have some of the some time yet that we can do some of that for, for 23 still. So. And that's something that 
somebody can call the office and ask like how much they should do? Or is that more like an accountant question? Yeah, good question. So it goes both ways. There are limits. And so sometimes the accountant will tell you, hey, this year you can put $6,000 into a Roth IRA. Um, but if you have questions, if you don't know, hop online, shoot us an email, schedule an appointment, and we can easily help walk you through that, that okay. process. Awesome. Um, I guess that kind of wraps up with Jason for the With day. our episode, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Jason, this, this was, was awesome. Jason, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Jason Markowitz from Fitness Premier, I guess, is your is that your main hub that you would say? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. And yeah, so if somebody's interested in learning more, getting to, to know Jason or your businesses, would you send them to Fitness Premier website and say, write me a check and become a franchisee and let's get into business together. Uh, if, if we're, if we're a good match or yeah, or yeah. we'd want to make sure we date them first. Yeah. 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 We'll take them through our dating process for sure. But uh, yeah, fitnessmirrorclubs.com. You can find us there and, uh, yeah, we'd love to connect with them. Awesome. Yeah. And so look for in the show notes, uh, we'll have some connection to Jason and his business, uh, as well as obviously, uh, Prairie View and, uh, retirement readiness. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. We hope you found some of it valuable. Please like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Purview Wealth Partners is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of Purview Wealth Partners by the SEC, nor does it indicate that Prairie View Wealth Partners has attained a particular level of skill or ability. This material prepared by Prairie View Wealth Partners is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to serve as a substitute for personalized investment advice or as a recommendation or solicitation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Opinions expressed by Prairie View Wealth Partners are based on economic or market conditions at the time of this material was written. Facts presented have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. Prairie View Wealth Partners, however, cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of such information, and certain information presented here may have been condensed or summarized from its original source. Prairie View Wealth Partners does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing contained in these materials should be taken as tax or legal advice. Please consult with your tax professional regarding your particular situation before implementing any strategies discussed, economies, and markets fluctuate. Actual economic or market events may turn out differently than anticipated. No investor should assume that a future performance will be profitable or equal either the previous reflected performance or that of reference benchmarks. The historical performance results of the comparative benchmarks do not reflect the deduction of transaction and custodial charges or the deduction of an investment management fee, the occurrence of which would decrease indicated historical performance. The S&P 500 index includes 500 leading companies in the U.S. and is widely regarded as the best single gauge of large U.S. equities. The holdings and performance of Prairie View Wealth Partners' clients' accounts may vary widely from those of the presented indices. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Prairie View Wealth Partners and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Prairie View Wealth Partners unless a client service agreement is in place.